Welcome to the teaching ministry of Dr. Fred Lowry, illuminating God's Word for today's world. The choice, the Word of God, or the world. The choice, Christ, or culture for us. We can choose Christ. Now, tonight I want you to turn to Psalm 46. Psalm 46. Psalm 46. I want to be honest with you tonight and tell you that I'm preaching to myself, and I want you to listen in. I've been battling depression for a couple of weeks, and I know better. I just hadn't been able to uh, to come out of it like I normally do. I, I've gotten so depressed that I've I've kicked the Snicker can around the room uh, because Snickers didn't seem to to do what it needed to do. Uh, I think there's something about when you're in the middle of unbelievable difficulty and stress and problems. You have a certain amount of adrenaline flowing and somehow you're able to to make it day after day and then when there's a calm, I start to say the battle is over, but knowing what I know, I won't make those kind of statements. There seems to be a post-battle fatigue seems to be a, a, a depression that you can't put your finger on, and yet it's real and it's, uh, it's there. And in talking with some of you, I've found that you uh, have experienced some of the same kind of things. So, uh, in trying to preach, find a thing to preach, I, I was looking for something that spoke to me. And I found this 46th Psalm, and it's a great psalm, a majestic psalm and one that I've never preached from before, but I wanted just to share it with you tonight. Psalm 46. Let's read it, and then we'll talk about it. God is our refuge and strength, a very present help in trouble. Therefore will not we fear, though the earth be removed, and though the mountains be carried into the midst of the sea, Though the waters thereof roar and be troubled, though the mountains shake with the swelling thereof, there is a river, the streams whereof shall make glad the city of God, the holy place of the tabernacles of the Most High. God is in the midst of her. She shall not be moved. God shall help her, and that right early. The heathen raged. The kingdoms were moved. He uttered his voice, the earth melted. The Lord of hosts is with us. The God of Jacob is our refuge. Come, behold the works of the Lord. What desolations he hath made in the earth. He maketh wars to cease unto the end of the earth. He breaketh the bow and cutteth the spear in sunder. He burneth the chariot in the fire. Be still and know that I am God. I will be exalted among the heathen. I will be exalted in the earth. 
The Lord of hosts is with us. The God of Jacob is our refuge. When trouble comes, I looked up this little word trouble, and it literally means to be tied up in, in a narrow, cramped space. Literally, it means to be between a rock and a hard place. <laughs> Have you ever been there? You're in trouble when you're between a rock and a hard place. And that is the situation with the psalmist. That's the background for this psalm. What is the occasion for the psalm? Many times we don't know. But here is one that we know the occasion, and we can say with certainty and certitude that this is the occasion. The people of God, small, defenseless, unable to protect themselves. Would you get these flowers? Just, just get them and move them anywhere. I don't care where, just anywhere. Thank you, Ron. Oh, you're a good man. You could always work for a florist if this doesn't work out. Here they are in Jerusalem. They are defenseless, and outside is Sennacherib's army. Sennacherib, the bloodthirsty king of Assyria, determined to destroy the people of God in the city of Jerusalem. And against the massive destructive army of Sennacherib, the people of God have no chance, none, zero, negative. There's no hope. It is a hopeless situation. And when sunset comes, they know the army is camped out there that by sunrise, it'll all be over. No more people of God. No more holy city of Jerusalem. It's over. There is an impossible situation. There is not any way that we can win. It's all over. And they awoke the next morning to find that the death angel had slaughtered the army of Sennacherib. And so the psalmist says, God is our refuge. God came through. God delivered us. God met us at the point of our need. At the midnight hour, at just the, the crucial time, God came through. And so he begins to speak of God in this 46th Psalm. He begins by talking about natural catastrophes. He's He's trying to, to let you and me know that the worst possible thing that could happen did happen. They were in the worst possible situation anybody could be in. It was impossible. It was unthinkable. The finality of an earthquake, the fury of a storm, the forcefulness of a flood, the falling of the mountains, the world, their world was coming apart. 
And he describes it by saying, Though the earth be removed, and the mountains be carried in the midst of the sea, the waters thereof roar and be troubled, the mountains shake with the swelling thereof. He is painting a picture of the impossible and the unthinkable. The earth begins to crack. He looks to the hills because the hills were security. There were those who thought God dwell in the hills. As long as you could see the hills, the mountains, there was some security. The mountains began to crumble. And the sea begins to roar. Everything that's up all of a sudden is down. The world is turned upside down. Everything is going wrong into that kind of impossible situation, God comes through on time. I think he's simply saying that God majors in doing the impossible. Now, let me give you some principles from this 46th Psalm. First, we must realize that God is a refuge for His people. That word refuge means a rock fortress. God is our rock. God is our fortress. God is our protection. God is our sustainer. He says three things about this God who's the refuge, that He's available. He's here right now. God is a very present help in time of trouble, adversity, difficulty. He's adequate. He's our strength. He's our help. He's our strength. He's the provider of that inner strength that we need. He's accessible. A very present help. God is present in our needs, in our situation. So we must realize that God is a God of refuge for His people. The second thing is that God is a resource for His people. Verse 4 says, the God of the Most High, He's a God of purpose. He allows storms to come, but He's still in charge. The Father's floods, the Father's storms, the Father's earthquake, a God of purpose who allows what comes into our lives For a purpose. He's a God of power. Verse 7, it says, Lord of hosts. The Lord of hosts. He delivered us. The Lord of hosts. He will deliver you. He is a God of power. Baffled by nothing. Let's look in Jeremiah. Jeremiah 32. Jeremiah 32. Verse 17. And Lord God, behold, Thou hast made the heaven and the earth by Thy great power and stretched out arm, and there is nothing too hard for Thee. Look over in verse 27, the same chapter. Behold, I am the Lord, the God of all flesh. 
Is there anything too hard for me? Now turn over to the New Testament to the book of Luke. Luke chapter 1. Luke chapter 1, verse 37. For with God, nothing shall be impossible. Absolutely nothing. Now turn to Luke 18. Luke 18, 27. And he said, the things which are impossible with men are possible with God. And there are other verses in the Old Testament and in the New Testament that simply says, with God, absolutely nothing is impossible. Now, either that's so or it's not so. If it's so, then we have every reason to be encouraged that God has sufficient power and with Him nothing is impossible. But he's also a God of patience. It says in verse 7, the God of Jacob. It says that again in the last verse, the God of Jacob. Now you could understand if you said the God of Abraham, that wonderful man of ability and power and commitment. You could have understood he's, had he said the God of David, the greatest king to ever live. And he said, the God of Moses, deliverer of his people. But he said, the God of Jacob. Jacob was cantankerous. Jacob was a fraud. Jacob was a con artist. He was a deceiver, a trickster. A man on the run, a man being chased, a man whose world crumbled in around him. He says, the God of Jacob. The only thing that could mean is that God is a God of mercy and patience with his children. And if he is the God of Jacob, that means he can be your God. When your world crumbles in, because somebody might say, well, I can understand how God would work a miracle in somebody's behalf. I can understand why God might be good to somebody, but I'm such a sinner. I'm so, I like so much. I do so little. But he's the God of Jacob, the God of patience, the God of mercy, who can supply those needs in your life. But not only that, he says that God is a river within his people. Verse 4. He's a river. There is a river. The streams whereof shall make glad the city of God. A river. Let's look in John 7. If you turn to John 7. We're going to get you practicing tonight for Bible drill. John 7. Verse 37. In the last day, that great day of the feast, Jesus stood and cried, saying, If any man thirst, let him come unto me and drink. He that believeth on me in the Scripture hath said, Out of his belly, or out of his inner being, shall flow rivers of living water. But this spake he of the Spirit, 
which they that believe on him should receive. For the Holy Ghost was not yet given, for Jesus was not yet glorified. God is a resource for his people. He is a river within his people. That river that springs forth, that bubbles over, that makes the heart glad. He has given to us the Holy Spirit to supply those inner needs in our life, to give us that guidance and direction, that river. You know, when things are falling apart around us, it's time to check on the river, to see if anything has stopped the flow of that river, that power. You see, God's power wants to flow unhindered through your lives, and stubbornness and sinfulness and self-righteousness stops the flow of that power. Let the river flow unhindered through your life. No excuse not to serve God, for within you is a river. No excuse not to speak for God with boldness, for within you is a river. God is a river to His people. We must realize, now we must respond by reflecting on who God is. When trouble comes, who is God? He's a God of refuge, therefore we have no fear. He's a, he's a God who is a resident in our world, in our situation, in our lives. Therefore, no insecurity. He is a river, therefore no powerlessness. He supplies every need with hidden resources. Hidden resources. You know, man's power is noisy. God's power is usually quiet. Often unseen, undetected, unnoticed. Have you ever stood close to a jet engine? How loud it is? When something's powerful that man puts together, it's loud, it's noisy. But God's power is often invisible within man. The power that keeps us going. The power that molds us and makes us like the Father. The power that gets us through the difficult times. The power that enables us to handle trouble when it comes. Is often a hidden resource. We must respond by reflecting on who God is, but also by reviewing what God has done. Look at verses 8 and 9. Let's review what God's done. Come, behold the works of the Lord. See what God has done. And then in verse 10, by rejoicing in what God promises. Be still and know that I'm God. I will be exalted among the heathen. I will be exalted in the earth. So we're also to relax. The word means to relax. When trouble comes, we're to be still 
and to relax. Now, I told you I was preaching to me because I can't figure out how you can do this. Except that God says we can do it. Not out of ignorance. You know, some people are relaxed when they ought to be kind of concerned because they don't understand the depth of the problem. Sometimes a child doesn't understand what's about to happen. But the psalmist knew. He saw the situation. And yet the fear was gone. And what he's saying is that God comes through right in the middle of our need when we really need Him. Now let's camp out there for a minute. How many times have you thought you were at the end of your rope? But you weren't, were you? How many times have you thought you couldn't make it any further? But you did, didn't you? It may be that you thought you would never see another sunrise. You just couldn't make it through another night. But you did. How many times have you said, I cannot stand anything else. I cannot take anything else. I cannot handle anything else. But you found that you could. You know, if God would run when we called him, we would abuse him. And soon it would mean nothing to us. Because you see, we don't like pain. We don't like difficulty. We don't like adversity. We don't like having a hard time. And as soon as a little pressure came, come here, God, do it. Fix it, work it out, zap it. You see, the beautiful thing is that God comes through on time. Every time. He doesn't come before the real need. If He did that, we would squander it or fail to appreciate it. He doesn't come after the need, for it would be too late and we would be in despair. He comes at the precise moment that we have to have him or we won't make it. Now here's where I got that. This little phrase that says, right early, right early. That means the last watch of the night. Remember the occasion? The people were in an impossible situation. Sennacherib's bloodthirsty army was out there. In the morning they would all be killed. The city of God would be destroyed. And they went to sleep knowing that they would die before morning. And it was the last watch that the angel came. <laughs> That's how God does it. Had he come that night, they would have thought, well, you know, this is pretty neat. I think we'll get in the bind again see if God comes through. We would have started trying to figure out how to use God. 
But God came only to spare them when they were in a situation where they could not help themselves. And if God didn't come through and work a miracle, it would not happen. God comes through on time. And if you think God hadn't come through in your life, it's probably because up till now you could handle it. Up till now you could handle it. You say, well, that's not so you did, didn't you? <laughs> you did. You made it so far. But when you reach that situation that you cannot make it, God is going to come through in one way or another. Now let me give you something else God showed me. The angels came and killed the soldiers in the last watch Invisible energy from God. God did his work in an invisible manner. Nobody knew what was happening. Nobody could see the victory being worked out. But God was nevertheless working. God works usually in invisible ways that we cannot see, but He still works. You see, we want to see everything in a tangible way. We want to see God come out and, and do something that we can say, well, God did that. I know that's what I want to see God do. My friend, just because we can't see God do something in a tangible way does not mean that God is not working all the time. God is working in our lives. He is working in every storm, every problem, every difficulty. He is working in your life, molding, maturing, making you like Himself. Whether you see him at work or not, he's at work. You know, the only time the Bible ever says Jesus was asleep was in the middle of a what? A storm. That must be a message to us. In the middle of a storm, Jesus was asleep. You know why? Because he knew the storms were the Father's storms. He knew the seas, the roaring, raging seas were the Father's seas. He knew that God was at work and he was working through the storms and through the raging seas. Therefore he slept.
I know we could handle the storms a lot better if we could just reach that conclusion that God has allowed this storm to come into our life for a purpose. But if the Bible's true, that's exactly what God's doing. Therefore, will not we fear Though, though the earthquake comes, though the mountains shake, and the word means to, to totter and, to, and to, to be all shaken up and begin to topple into the seas, though the floods rage, though the enemy is camped outside and they outnumber us, and they plan to destroy us. Though I will not fear. Now, he said, though the earth be removed, I won't fear. Though the mountains tremble, I won't fear. Though the enemies count about, what do you say? What goes behind your though? Though death visits my home, Matt, I will not fear. Though a financial collapse comes, I will not. Though my friends let me down, I will not fear. Even when my Christian friends disappoint me, I will not fear. When things happen I cannot understand, I will not fear. Though it seems the storms are raging, I will not What's your fear? What's your though? What's your problem? What's your trouble? Is it within your marriage? Is it within your job? Is it with your children? Is it financially? Is it emotional? Is it spiritual? And you say, though this is the situation, I will not fear. Because God is my refuge. God is my resource. God is my river. Therefore, I will not fear. I think God allows the storms many times to slow us down and to make us climb into His arms and to cause us to totally depend upon Him. Nothing is impossible. Your mountain, your storm, 
your situation? Nothing is impossible with God. Let me tell you something. What the psalmist is saying is that it can't look any worse for you any time ever in your life than it looked for Israel. But God can too. So when the foundations shake, when people let you down and confuse you, when the bottom drops out and the, the, the brutal blows of, of doubt and unbelief and frustration attack your very mind and heart, what are you going to do? Somehow we must get to the place that we accept whatever comes as allowed by God for a purpose. And we depend upon God's strength to face it head on. And we stand strong, firm, steadfast with a belief that in everything that happens, God is in it. For our good. Amen. So, but I can't see him. Neither can I. Let me tell you where I am in my own spiritual journey. And God and I have talked this back and forth and back and forth and back and forth. For if I just look at a month or a year or events or circumstances, I conclude that wrong is right and that right must be wrong. If I just look at this in my own small way, as it looks to me, without seeing the invisible, without seeing God show His hand, then I conclude that it doesn't really pay to put God first and live by His principles. Or wrong has the advantage. So what I have to do is fall back on God's word and realizing that I'm looking through a pinhole and God sees eternity. And my friend, everything you can you do may seem that all you get out of it is trouble and difficulty and problems. If you do what God tells you to do, if you obey God by faith, God is working invisibly in your life for your good. And in the end, 
it'll pay off. And don't ever forget there's a judgment seat of Christ. You don't have to ever worry about Christians being taken care of if they get led astray. Because one day even our works, our motives, go through the fire test. And we face the judgment seat of Christ. So in our frustrations, when it seems that good doesn't pay, when it seems that wrong does pay, what do you do? When trouble comes, when you're doing the best you can, what do you do? You look to God to be your refuge, your resource, your river. You get just as close to that river as you can get and let it flow unhindered through your life and let that river refresh you. When every person out there discourages you, let the river of God refresh you, inspire you. God is our need. And when we have Him in control of our lives, we need nothing else. Let's pray. Father, I've shared out of my own heart, the struggles out of my own life, my own pilgrimage. And I pray that you would take the the experiences in my own heart and life and use them to help somebody here tonight who may be struggling, who may be frustrated, who may be depressed, who may be in trouble, who may feel squeezed between a rock and a hard place, faced with an impossible situation. Father, help them to to know that they can look to God who is our refuge, our resource, our river. Everything that we need, that's what He is. And it's in His name we pray. Amen. Let's stand together. Just stand right where you are across the building. We're going to sing a hymn of invitation. I'll be standing down here in front. Brother Ron is down here. As we sing, as God speaks, just slip out where you are and down that aisle. Maybe you want to come and say, Pastor, I'm struggling. I identified with what you were saying. I needed that message. Maybe you want to move your letter to serve God in this church. We invite you to come. The doors of this church are open wide to receive you. Perhaps you're not a Christian. What better time than this time for you to come and say, I want Jesus Christ in my heart and life. Why don't you come? As we sing as God's We hope you were blessed by our program today. If you would like a copy of today's program, go to www.fredlowry.com where you can find this program and other Christian resources by Dr. Fred Lowry. 